welcome everybody to another episode of the Dragonfire Podcast. My name is James Lloyd Doolin. I am the author of No Heart for a Thief, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Nathan Clembara, a reviewer for the Before We Go blog. And we have two amazing guests this evening. We have Crystal Matar and Michael R. Fletcher, both amazing authors in their own right, and the co-hosts of the up-and-coming Dripping Bucket podcast. We are excited to speak with y'all. How are y'all doing? Actually, it's called the leaking bucket. <laughs> <laughs> See, right, no. you're going to regret. That was a that very good take, and <laughs> you just decided to yeah, shit we're good. all over it. <laughs> just keep it roll, roll with it. We're yeah, good. we're just keep rolling with it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're keeping this. This is staying in. Yeah. Yep. Way to go, yeah. Michael. We're good. <laughs> to all of our listeners, before we even started, like, or I guess after we started recording, um, James and I got their podcast name wrong and we put it down as the Wiggy Bucket. You, so, James? Um, I'm going to say what? this was a collective error. Yeah. Because okay. I okay. made the original error, but you didn't fix it. And you, you didn't, didn't catch it, it James. I James the like, like, get on this shit, man. <laughs> Nathan, I trusted you. I believed in you. And yeah. then you let me down. I feel like we've known each other long enough that you should know not to do that. So that's on you. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the last episode of the Dragonfire podcast. <laughs> I'm glad to have Michael R. Fletcher and Crystal Matar with us from the Dripping the... Bucket podcast. <laughs> I'm to lob a grenade in your otherwise very peaceful friendship. Yes. You're going to regret oh. having us on. It's all fun and games. Uh, we're really excited to to speak with y'all. Um, so we'll go back. How is everybody doing? <laughs> we're we're doing very good now. We we've broken all the tension. We're we're doing great. Not that there was there was, that there much was tension. tension. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, like you know, Nathan was making like it weird guys. there for a bit before we started rolling, but <laughs> I, I think I've recovered. <laughs> I mean, Crystal, you should be at home here. This is your second time on the podcast. The first yeah. time we've ever had a return guest. That means I win, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I officially win the win the podcast. It's fine Nathan now. has ordered the award, um, yes. and it's on its way. Perfect. Yeah. Well, before we get into it and talk a lot about the the dripping bucket and where that came from and and what you're doing with the podcast can you both introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about yeah. the the books that you write and uh i i michael you have the artwork very lovely uh, lovely presented right behind you so you can you tell us a little bit about those books uh sure yeah uh so michael r fletcher author of a pile of books, uh, Obsidian Path series. You can kind of see those behind me. Manifest Illusions, City of Sacrifice. Um, yeah, it's kind of dark fantasy. I keep trying to write middle grade heroic fantasy and <laughs> failing. Badly. So badly. Oh, man. Too many yeah, decapitations so... for the young ones. Oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. you know, Undead Super Hot Girlfriends is not middle grade. Who knew? genre is all convention it's just you know you break yeah. the rules yeah if i can gatekeepers keeping me out <laughs> keeping you out of traumatizing the the children of her <laughs> i know that's all i want just good thing for this is the trauma. first and only time i've been thankful for gatekeepers <laughs> i i've heard that your your series would make a lovely disney show 
a la like Percy Jackson kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I, the studios yeah. keep approaching me, but they're just, they're not throwing quite enough, you know, dump trucks of cash at the, the front door. So I'm like, eh. Yeah. Is it the casting that's kind of holding you yeah. back? Like the, the writer it's... refusal and your ability to say yes or no? Or, oh, yeah. Is it like the if, money? If, if it's just we don't so get Arnold hard. Schwarzenegger, I am out. <laughs> It's just so hard to find a convincing necromancer these days. Yeah. They're all like, no, I want to keep breathing. And of, of course, the the better and the best author on this podcast, we got to pass it off to Crystal. <laughs> wow, thank you. Um, that's a really low bar to clear with Fletcher on, on the podcast with me. Are you taking shots Ow! at me too? No, I said Fletcher specifically. Oh, wow. You didn't even make it to bar level. <laughs> I told you you were going to regret having us on at the same time. Um, this okay, will be so my I first did... and last. <laughs> no we're second breaking relationships here left and right. That's the goal <laughs> of this podcast. Um, so, I did uh, Legacy of the Brightwash and then Legacy of Brick and Bone. Um, Brightwash is a spitball finalist as well as a BBNYA finalist this year. Um, it's kind of genre blended, a little bit of a mystery, a murder mystery, a little bit of gas lamp fantasy, a little bit of political machinations. Um, James has previously said that it shouldn't work, but it does. And I take that as the highest possible compliment. Um, and that kind of sums up my writing career. I think it, it shouldn't work, but <laughs> here I am anyway. <laughs> You know, it, that's, I think it, it works as well as it does because it's a little bit of a mismatch of everything and it just kind of fits yeah. well together and where it, you know, in a lesser author's hands, it wouldn't work. Oh, stop it. Like in, in Michael's hands, it just yeah. wouldn't have worked. It would have been a flop. <laughs> it, yeah. And and I'm taking shots at Michael. I don't really even know Michael, but you know, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel dude, like you're okay. the kind of person I will that can take it. Rhyme myself yeah. to sleep later in a couple of yeah. weeks. Get over it. Wipe your tears. I'm all just going to review money. bomb your middle grade books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave this to my five year old, and for some reason, he's been having They're nightmares. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, that track. So how how did you two come together and why did you decide to do this crazy thing called podcasting? Um, I guess I, I think the hinge is really our mutual friend Clayton Snyder. Um, where at, at some point a couple of years ago, Michael and Clayton decided to um uh, collaborate together on a book called Norska Groans, which was uh, a spiffle finalist the same year as Brightwash, I think. Yeah, that was Norska Groans. And um, Brightwash did Clayton... slightly better. We're not better. Yeah. <laughs> Clay... Well, Clayton invited me on before we were finalists um, to beta read for that project. And then that kind of got me into Michael's uh, um, sphere of victimization, <laughs> where... He now is also feeding on my brains the same way he fed on poor Clayton's brains. Um, and uh, we wanted to collaborate on a novel together, um, but just various 
things got in the way and we've resuscitated this idea but it's very slow going because michael just finished drafting an entire novel which took a little bit of time i guess as it does um but we got this podcast thing off the ground just because it gives us an opportunity to talk to other writers and other reviewers um and it's ever so slightly easier to organize than actual writing <laughs> very much in the theme of writers will do literally anything to procrastinate from writing including starting an entire podcast <laughs> So it's a delaying tactic. A, progr a procrastination yeah. excuse. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. And it just, we had to expand the Dripping Bucket uh, universe because it's in enough books now. We had to bust it into the real world. Just Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what what oh, is the I Dripping Bucket? Where did it come from? If I'm right, I saw it in a tweet from you, Michael. I don't know if that's yeah. the origin. Can you tell us a little bit? Uh, yeah, so like five or six years ago, uh, while avoiding writing a book, I was goofing off on a <laughs> Facebook, um, and I I just had this idea of a shared tavern that could be in all worlds. Any writer could use it. You don't need permission. You make it your own. Describe it however you want. And the the thought was this sort of like a, a neat Easter egg. That uh, you know, readers who don't actually interact with us, which is most of them, uh, <laughs> uh, well, can find and sort of like think, wait a second, didn't I just read about a dripping bucket in a Peter McLean novel? Wait, wasn't <laughs> a dripping bucket in a Crystal Mantar novel? You know, in a Clayton, in a Ben Galley novel, in a Rob Hayes novel, um, uh, you know, I, and now it's in dozens and dozens of. Yeah. realities and worlds uh and it really it started as a joke i threw it out there as a joke and it just took off a couple of people took it seriously and then it it spread from there yeah i think and now like the pair of us are often tagged in posts asking hey is it okay if i use the dripping bucket am i allowed in the in the club so <laughs> it would be cool to find out like exactly how many dripping buckets there are and keep track of the tally uh month to month see how how quickly yeah. it expands yeah and then when it came time to sort of name our podcast it was sort of like obviously yeah 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 i don't so, remember which one of us came up with it actually it was just like well this is what we have to do it's it started as tales from the drip and bucket but then people thought we yeah. were doing an anthology so we <laughs> yeah, dropped tales and just yeah. went straight to the dripping bucket it's like yeah. no no we're doing this so we don't have to write yes exactly are you actually drinking during the podcast um not yet because we film at one o'clock in the yeah after. we're usually fairly uh good before we even start so yeah you can be seen actually drinking during the show if you're half lit before yeah. it's i'm i'm a little bit disappointed i feel like there should be at least some whiskey <laughs> imbibed during the making yeah. of the dripping bucket right, so someday we'll record one after i've picked my kid up from school so yeah <laughs> right now i have to drive that's and i gotta be safe. necessary but picking her up or sobriety <laughs> a little bit of column a a little bit of column b <laughs> pretty sure you're gonna get he's me in only, trouble he's only got the one so he has to actually try to conserve this one he, yeah it's not like yeah. I've got he doesn't have extras four. like i do yeah <laughs> This, this is going to be used as exhibit A in some kind of court it's case. It's trial, yeah. 
Um, so if the podcast doesn't have alcohol involved and it's not an anthology, not what can people expect from <laughs> the Dripping Bucket podcast? Thank you for getting um, us back on task. Yeah. Um, I The reason I agreed with it was because uh, Fletcher agreed with me that I didn't want it to be solely focused on writing because I feel like one there are there are quite a lot of writing podcasts and I I certainly don't feel qualified to offer advice I've only been in this gig for a couple of years I only have the two books um and also imposter syndrome um it's the equivalent of I, like six books though yeah, yeah. it's huge books <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while but maybe i mean maybe that's a symptom of the fact of of a problem and not actually a skill so who's to say um but yeah i wanted to be able to talk to writers but also readers and and kind of everybody in the in the biosphere of publishing like um i'd hope i hope to have on like some audiobook narrators to talk about their side of the um the uh, the art as it were um, I'd love to have on like a couple of booksellers. Like uh, I've met some really great folks in Toronto at Backa Phoenix Books who had so many stories about their relationships with customers and how they sell. Um, and I just feel like as hard as writing is, it's the first and in some ways the easiest step of the publishing journey. Like, you know, we write our little book and then we're happy enough with it to try to publish it. And then that kicks off this entire series of events that nobody ever seems entirely prepared for. Um, and all, all along the way, there's so many passionate and artistic people. Um, and I'd like to blow open the doors to just talking to all of them at some point. Um, and so that was, that was what, when he agreed to let me do that. I was like, okay. <laughs> I just do as I'm told. <laughs> but it was his idea. So like, I, I was know. like, let's do a podcast. And she was like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. So you just do the very light lifting, Michael, of like, let's do a yeah. thing. And then Crystal actually does it. I am awesome at let's do a thing. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome, really awesome at doing a thing because that's effort. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And I, I get to like podcast so work. Stand on the shoulders of his fame a little bit to <laughs> launch myself into higher, higher spheres. <laughs> he he laughs like, as if he's not standing the on the guy. lowest bar. <laughs> You're at least on the ladder. Yeah, I'm on the ladder. I'm getting there. No. I and I, I don't know if it's it's fair to say, Michael, that you are only good at saying let's do a thing with how many books do you have out now? Minimum I actually 12. don't know how many are, are yeah. uh, I finished like I I finished the first draft of my 15th uh, like last week. Uh, yeah. I think I have 12. Well, there's published. minimum 12. Yes. Yeah, you 12 have... published, one coming out in April, uh, one with my agent, and then the first draft I just finished. So yeah, 12 released. I, I, I've say, I can oh say that you've done a couple of things. Yeah. He oh, yeah. But I was always music. avoiding something else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if there's something scarier, I can write a book. Yeah. That is fair. That is fair. Um. So I, I guess I'm interested in, like, 
with this podcast, you you want to talk to a little bit of everybody from the publishing world. You want to dig into all of that. What's what's the tone? What's you know? I'm guessing it's not the oh, man the most straight line possible of a podcast. What what kind of themes and what kind of tones can people expect when they tune in? Um, we talk a lot about influences. I find like the. The one thing that we've definitely talked about with everybody we've had on so far is like what is what is the books and the stories that really hooked you into the community of of storytellers slash readers slash writer you know any of the any of the things that drew you in so it, it it's kind of become an ode to um our histories and the way stories have made an impact on us and propelled us into wanting to do this professionally no matter how hard it is um and i find it to be really um certainly it's very chaotic just by the nature of who we are but it's also really inspiring to see you know somebody like clayton who's been at this for for a really long time and has a really interesting story to tell if you convince him to start talking <laughs> um and i i really i relate to that and i i can see myself doing that for a really long time so i'm really excited about um, the trajectory that we've we've headed down accidentally totally by accident I feel like succeeding by accident is my whole shtick now <laughs> yeah I think like a uh, an atmosphere where everyone can be comfortable and just have a conversation uh, is really my goal I think conversations are interesting I you know I don't want to sort of bombard people with questions and force them to talk about something they might not yeah. be into it's like you open the gates, you see where it goes, you roll with it. Hopefully there aren't too many awkward silences. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And if we don't edit, it's what you see is what happens. Yeah. If everything goes to shit, then it's like, cool, we're posting. <laughs> the chaos episode that week. Yeah. Yeah. There's just 15 minutes of awkward silence in there where you all took a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, we've actually planned <laughs> a 15 minutes of silence episode where we're just going to stare at each other. <laughs> And then yeah. post it. It's a little bit meditative, but you know. Yeah, just just listen to all of my heavy breathing. I was like, <laughs> struggle to keep myself from laughing just from looking at Fletcher's face. <laughs> hey, fuck you! <laughs> just people are like commenting, like this. This is such a meta podcast. Like it yeah. really makes you think. Best podcast yeah. ever, right there. We're gonna win awards. Uh, yeah. Crystal's getting her uh, Nobel Prize for podcasting. Yeah, for journalism. Uh, yeah. What was it? Oh, I don't remember now. I was going to get a Nobel Prize. We've decided. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty sure there's one for podcasting. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't there be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Podcasting will save the world. Mm. Yep. Oh, man, that's our alt title. <laughs> <laughs> the dripping bucket saves the world. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so um, with starting this podcast, if you could interview anybody, living or dead, and this was your mm. dream person, who would your dream guest be on the Dripping Bucket? Oh, my answer is really easy. Should I go first? No. David Gemmel. Shut up. <laughs> okay, David sure. Gemmel. <laughs> David Gemmel would be like my dream, I think. Other than some of the people that I look up to currently, that that would be as the living or dead option. I would 
go back <laughs> and talk to him about his process and um kind of how he got to where he was as a storyteller because to read through his books is to watch an evolution in skill but also a little bit in worldview and I just I just found it really fascinating as a younger younger person and I think that would that's my easy answer how about you Fletcher uh I think for me uh the big one would be Michael Moorcock uh because basically Everything I write oh. is in one way or another um, Elric fan fiction. Um, and uh, I, I'd love to have Ian Ian Banks on, uh, who wrote the culture novels. Mm. I kind of want, I, I can't wrap my head around writing a positive future for humanity. <laughs> like, I just, I can't see it. And wow. somehow he did it. And I'm, I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> He so all the people living or dead, you didn't choose like Jesus or something. You, you went for authors. Well, we. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just. You're I'm just trying saying. to stay on brand. It's not a moral <laughs> judgment, but it kind of is. Well, but I feel like storytelling. I mean, I know you're joking. I know you're totally joking. But also, I feel Jesus like storytelling. <laughs> Oh God! I, storytelling is just such a. This is really not going to go over well with our evangelical audience. Yeah, is it quite large, or are we going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like storytelling is such a um, uh, a momentum for change in a lot of ways. Where, you know, when when things aren't going well for a government, we get book censorships and we get arrested artists and we get you know and if if stories and books and knowledge and information wasn't threatening we wouldn't be the first targets when a politician is unhappy and so to that to that thought i just feel like if we look back and find like the big mile markers of storytellers that really shape the genre we can see a lot of that change happening in the in their own arcs and then so so to, to totally undercut your teasing i have a very serious answer <laughs> it's important in books books and knowledge and stories and and hope um to to michael's point about you know a brighter future for humanity hope the ability to strive towards that it, it's important fine have a good answer <laughs> <laughs> um outside of writing and podcasting and all the things that you do drunkenly picking up your daughter from school <laughs> um for legal purposes that's a joke <laughs> <laughs> allegedly um, what are 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 there other things that you do to occupy your time what what do you like to do who are you as a person outside of that space? We're supposed to be people um, outside of writing? Yeah. Allegedly. I feel like when I'm writing it is actually when I'm most a person. And then the rest of my time, I'm just mom bots. <laughs> I don't have a very good answer, I'm afraid. The rest of my time is spent cooking things and reminding the children to do their homework. <laughs> 
so sorry. I'm gonna switch it up and give you a really lame answer after my my <laughs> profound answer. <laughs> How about you, Fletcher? Do you have a personality outside of writing? I don't think. So. Uh, no. Well, oh, I mean, you do music. I, yeah, I've got you know I so I write and record music. I've got a home studio uh, for fun. Uh, I used to do it professionally. Gigged in a band. Was an audio engineer, recording albums, doing live shows for like twenty years. Um, yeah, but otherwise, these days it's fun. It's a hobby. I am a dad, and yeah. you know, a husband and a super sweet, fluffy person in real life. <laughs> despite what Crystal tells everyone. <laughs> yeah, Save yeah, I'm the, the one that spreads all the novels. rumors that you're you're mean. I know. <laughs> early. I'm so fucking yeah. nice. <laughs> That's kind of the tagline for Michael R. Fletcher. So fucking nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. it's it's true. Fluffy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so we've immediately become flagged by all of our platforms for the amount of yeah. so far. <laughs> Thank you both. I appreciate we got the it. Explicit tag. Yeah, we get that ex- we reasonably well behaved warning, uh, warning. Yeah. I would expect nothing less from you two, so I I appreciate it. <laughs> So let's let's hop on to back onto writing. You both yeah, since have, you guys said you have no lives outside of writing. Yeah, just go yeah, back. We like, have, we'll retreat. We'll we retreat back. There's there's no path to go down there, so it's a hard stop. <laughs> no. uh, it's a cul-de-sac. Back to write. You both have some really dark elements in your work that make it uh, banned for middle grade. Um, <laughs> Do you ever see yourself going down different avenues of different subgenres, things like that, where it's a little bit lighter? You know, I don't know if it's cozy fantasy, but more epic, less grim dark. Do you see yourself taking some of those routes, or are you really interested in exploring this subgenre? Um, <laughs> I want to say yes, but also no. Um, I have an idea for another series that has um dragons in it but they're like um they're little annoying dragons they're more like raccoons than anything really badass um and also they're like addicted to mushrooms that literally give people and dragons magic so they're like banes of the existence so in some ways it's kind of much more whimsical of an idea like it it goes a little bit closer to my fantasy roots but at the same time the main character is a, a crime syndicate and, and engages in some pretty heinous activities so <laughs> I can hit different subgenres and different assemblies of tropes but I don't know I, I just I, I'm drawn to this fascination of the things that desperate people do and usually that leads pretty dark because one how did they get that desperate and two um where does that bring them as people and what kind of arc does that lend itself to and it's always kind of questionable so um i can i can do the whimsy but it's always gonna have a dark edge i think and fletcher writes middle grade as we know <laughs> so. yeah well i'd see funny uh last year my daughter who was 12 at the time uh demanded i write a fantasy book uh for kids her age uh because she wanted to illustrate it um and since she'd been asking me to do that 
for about five years. I finally caved. <laughs> also, I was avoiding a different book. Um, <laughs> so I wrote a middle grade book. She illustrated it. Um, it that's the book that's currently with my agent. Uh, I just heard back that he loved it. He's making notes. Uh, oh, cool. We'll happens kind of next. Oh, that's uh, good news. Yeah, had feedback from a bunch of like 10 year old kids, like children of fans and stuff. Uh, and, uh, apparently it seems to be going really well. Like kids sort of like they dig in and then they're just, they're hooked. Like, uh, you know, parents are saying like, I've never seen my kid plow through a book that fast. Cause it's, oh. it's a novel. It's, it's 60,000 words. Um, I should have had you send it to Addison. She is a, she is a voracious little child. She could have helped out too. Yeah. But I, yeah, we'll see what, uh, see what happens with that. Yeah. So yeah, I want to write different stuff. Uh, the, one I just finished the first draft of. Um, people are going to call it Grimdark because they call everything I do Grimdark. Uh, but there are no morally gray characters. Um, it's people trying their best. And uh, so you, it you're dark, cozy. but it's, it's her, no, it's not cozy. No, no cozy, cozy Grimdark. I was going to say because yeah, no, call more... Whitewash cozy Grimdark or fluffy yeah. Grimdark just because it's more like heroic Grimdark okay All right. yeah i'd go there that's, so yeah i want to try different stuff i just want to write whatever story is bugging me at the time yeah. i don't really care about genre i'm not trying to write dark i just whatever i'm interested in that's what i'm going to write about just your, your soul is dark and it comes it's out just dark <laughs> yeah, yeah that that's usually what happens to me like when i was doing bright wash i was like it's not that dark is it i can't call this groom dark like it's it, people are hopeful they're trying to do stuff that's good right and then i get feedback from people like what is wrong with you <laughs> I messed up i knew i i was onto something when uh back in the day fletcher was still on goodreads and he put a, a status update at a certain percentage where a certain secret is revealed and he was like holy shit this thing is fucking dark and i'm like oh okay <laughs> all right if fletcher said it then i guess i have no choice so yeah it's not something that i i do intentionally i'm not chasing it it just uh i i meet it there i guess <laughs> interesting yeah have you found that in both of your careers that the grim dark genre has changed at all um do you feel like there's any differences over the way that you write approach or market grim dark books now than maybe you did in the past uh i don't feel qualified to answer because i didn't find out what grim dark was until after i was finished bright watching <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would actually kind of the same thing so i didn't i'd never heard of grimdark when i wrote beyond redemption uh you know said it a million times my agent at the time said oh the grimdark crowd are gonna love this i had to google it because i had no idea what she was talking about um i think it has changed uh there was a time when grimdark oh like when i first started when it first was published um call that 2015 2016 Grimdark was something, you know, pejorative that people sort of called dark fantasy stuff. Um, now it's a subgenre and people are intentionally trying to write Grimdark, whereas yeah. I don't think that was ever previously the case. searching for it as case. readers. Yeah, like none of the sort of big Grimdark writers, Abercrombie, Lawrence, George R. R. Martin, like none of them tried to write Grimdark. None of them were thinking about that at all. They were just writing fantasy maybe dark fantasy but 
and I've, I've talked to most of them, but they were just like, no, I was just writing a fantasy book. Whereas now I see fantasy. Yeah. But now, you know, the kids, the kids are trying to write the grimdark. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think it's interesting with kind of the rise of this genre of grimdark. I think because of its newness and because of its edginess, that there is an interesting segment of its fan base that are, that are very, you know how some fan bases have, are very protective of that fan base and their gatekeeping Mm -hmm. of what is and what is not allowed in it. I find that grimdark fans can be that way of like, oh, they're not grimdark enough because whatever, not enough blood, not enough incest or whatever. Not enough nihilism, yeah. Um, How have you you know crystal i know you're genre mixing a lot how have you interacted with that part of the fan base of grimdark um do do they claim you yeah some of them do i think i think those that want like if if we're gonna call grimdark a spectrum like where fantasy just kind of slides into it a little bit um at the very extreme edge those fans are like it's not bloody enough um but i think with brightwash specifically the system is so um, oppressive and hopeless in a way that is uncomfortable enough that most of the time i'm i'm within the scope of um I think I think uh, I was voted at about like a three out of five for like the grimdark scale, um, or maybe that was what you said, Fletcher, and and that sounds about right to me. Where I'm not I'm not off off the off the charts into the the nihilism, but um, there's a, quite a lot of grimdark that isn't nihilistic. I mean, even Mark Lawrence himself said that in his um opinion grimdark is isn't nihilistic so much as it's defiant hope where they really have to work hard for every little scrap of hope that they have and and i fit in that really well so i think it depends on if they're looking for like splatterpunk or if they're looking for themes and if they're looking for themes i'm there if they're looking for splatterpunk i don't drop enough bodies (laughs) Not yet. Let's let's Not wait yet. For book three. Oh, book three drops some bodies. <laughs> some some wow. very delicious rioting and um, <laughs> pillaging and city burning and all that, all that good stuff. We're getting there. That's what we wanted to hear. So that's, <laughs> you're welcome. We're gonna edit out everything else. Just wait for book three. Plenty of pillaging. <laughs> yeah. Now we have our podcast. There you go. This is called journalism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've we've talked a lot about publishing. We've talked a lot about writing, all that kind of stuff. What advice do you have for people? I know, Crystal, you're a little bit newer to this. And Michael, you've been around since the dinosaurs. Um, (laughs) What advice do you have to newer writers And even now you're taking on new challenges, you're writing new genre, you're trying a podcast out of nowhere. Like, 
you're trying new things that you you have to be hitting some of these same hurdles that new writers are so what would you advise them how would you advise them to approach those hurdles i Um, think you're go ahead oh go ahead all right no i'll talk a long time you go first all right um (laughs) it there's a whole bunch of different advice depending on who they are and what they're trying to do and you dig into the writing side of shit but whatever uh i like to set goals you set a goal post and not too far away and when you kick something over it, you just push the goalpost back because it's never about achieving a goal because that's pointless and you don't actually care, which is hilarious. Is you hit a point <laughs> where like publishing a novel is like, ah, fuck, so what? Um, so you just keep pushing you're it back 15 deep, un- yeah. until it's like, you know, unreachable again. And then you just keep going for that, um, you know, and the first goalpost was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm actually going to write a whole fucking book. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it this time. And that's it. That was it. That was the goalpost. Yeah. And then I finished it. It was like, oh shit. It was like the second goalpost is I'm going to make this not suck, which took another <laughs> three years. <laughs> yeah. That's and just, you just keep pushing it back and it takes time. Uh, you have to be patient. You have to be stubborn. And uh, if you're both of those things and incredibly lucky, you probably still won't go anywhere. Yeah. And that's think, the whole uh, twist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's why you need to keep the goals manageable because then you can you can actually feel like you're getting somewhere. Because if if the goal, if your first goal as a baby writer is, you know, New York Times bestsellers list, you're gonna accomplish so many things along the way. Um, it, just in trying to get there, but you're not going to see the things you're accomplishing because all you'll see is you're not on the New York Times bestseller list and that way lies utter madness. Um, but I think uh, aside from writing um, as a baseline, I think the most important thing is to invest in the community. Um, whether you're chasing a trad contract or you're going indie or you're, you're any hybrid there in between the best thing to do is to put into the community what what you can um show up and meet people meet them where they're at help where you can ask for help where when you need it and this community really does lift each other up we we are and i don't i don't necessarily think anybody necessarily realizes how how much they do for other people until that person looks them in the eye and says, because of you, I'm here. Um, and it started to happen to me a little bit. And it was really freaky. Um, what, what do you mean? Because of me, I didn't do anything. I'm nobody, but um, I've cleared a couple of goal posts without noticing. And suddenly um, I'm helping people just by talking about how, how hard it is and, and how much I suck at this. Um, and that, and I'm able to do that because um, before I had anything to offer, I was making friends just because I like talking about books. Um, and I was curious about the process and I met Clayton and through him, I met Michael and and now, holy shit, I'm here. And we're talking about interviewing some pretty amazing people in the next couple of months. And, and it's just like, you get out what you put in. Um, and if you only look to the community for what it can do for you, I think you're going to be disappointed. But if you look to the community as a communal space where fantastic people exist, 
you're going to have some really pleasant surprises. Yeah. And, you know, at the risk of being serious, <laughs> I, Crystal, I want to say my first exposure to you was oh. your blog post on why you had delayed your oh. second book. Yeah. And it was so vulnerable and honest and really it meant a lot to me to read that because it one it, it spoke to the nature of this community that people are are able to be just themselves and put themselves out there like that yeah. um but it also you know I, at the time I was working on publishing my first book and oh, okay. it was really it was really great to hear like other people are struggling too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's a hard, it's a hard thing to do alone. So when you try to do it alone, it's, it's going to lead to failure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I really appreciated that post of yours and it made me, you know, a, a forever fan. Oh, well um, that's, <sighs> I, I'm really glad to hear that because it was hard to it was hard to admit that I was struggling, but um, I I've been trying and I I continue to try to be honest about the ups and downs of this business, so that if I'm honest about feeling shitty, I can I can kind of get through it a little bit faster. And it's like yeah, this sucks, this sucks right now, and that's okay. I can there will be a new season soon and it'll suck less and then I'll be able to enjoy it because I haven't been fighting this this awful feeling so hard and I think um you know that's that's what I mean about getting back what you put in if you put in a lot of honesty you get back a lot of really honest uh support and I and um I, I don't I, I I've been feeling lately, especially after TBR con and and talking to the people that I got to talk to this week, um, how did I get here? But also, I wish I could tell fifteen year old me that I was gonna get here and that doing this was gonna open these incredible doors to all of all of the amazing people that I've been able to connect with um uh, because that kid needed to know that we were gonna make it um. And now I'm here and it's like, I am so grateful for everything that the community has given to me. And so I'm really excited to give some stuff back by podcasting and being weird and vulnerable and um, emotional <laughs> on a public uh, platform and dragging Fletcher along with me. Yeah. So before we uh, jump into Dragonfire, can you just preview, like, who do you have coming up as guests on your podcast? uh who do we have uh we have anna smith spark um booked for okay. a couple of weeks from now yep anna smith spark ben galley uh, okay. yeah. hayes um yeah. i've got a couple I other really, people i'm talking to we haven't nailed dates down so i don't want to say names until things are my clear. my my big dream is brian stavley um <laughs> because brian, yeah, yeah. yeah there was a point where he was him and him and I and Fletcher were talking about like getting a virtual drink, having a whiskey and like just over Zoom or whatever. 
and then he kind of fell off Twitter before we could solidify those plans. So now it's like, okay, Brian, I've built a podcast. It's time for you to <laughs> make good on this offer to come drink <laughs> with us. And then, and then I can quit. I'll be okay. Then. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you have some good guests coming up. I'm interested yeah. in starting to, to listen to a couple of episodes. Um, so where can people find your podcast? Are you on YouTube? Are you... Uh, just on the platform, uh, on the podcast platforms, where are you at? Yeah, we're planning to launch to uh, YouTube and podcast streaming. So it, um, it'll be Spotify and then I'll figure out the RSS magic <laughs> and get February 8th. Are we going live? February that... 8th. So uh, yeah, Thursday, February 8th is our official launch date. So it depends on when you guys are posting this. We might already be up. Um... Uh, this will be the 9th. So yeah. Oh, there you go. So it'll be yeah. it'll be the day after our big our big birthday. So yeah, we'll be we'll be on YouTube um and Spotify and all of the offshoots thereof. Great. Very cool. Well, let's move on over to Dragonfire. What do you say, Nathan? Yeah, sounds good. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is our Dragonfire segment where we do a quick rundown of six questions. We, as a group, have three minutes to answer them, and then we're ready to move on. So um, our first question is inspired by the multiverse that is the dripping bucket. So what are two or more fantasy or sci-fi worlds that canonically are not connected but in your head could definitely be set in the same world. So um, James, I'll throw it to you first to give the, our guests just a little time to think. Okay. So I have, I, I'm going to take a, a playbook out of a page out of Nathan's playbook and do two answers. So my first is the day after tomorrow and water world day after tomorrow. Okay. Is just a prequel. Yeah. Water world is what happens afterwards. And the producers, in in a meta way, they actually produced Rebel Moon. They're just trying <laughs> another horrible project that features Nazis to try to make some money off of it. <laughs> oh man, those are good answers. My answers are late. What about you, Nathan? Oh, we're throwing it back to me. Yeah. Um. So. For some reason in my head, and I, even before this question, I've always like thought like, what if, like, what if Legends and Lattes was just like a small slice of life village thing going on during the same world of 11th Cycle by Kean and Arnalyn? Like, I, like in my head, like you just have like this like total dark shit show going on. And then you just have like an orc opening a coffee shop on the side. Yeah, that tracks. I, I yeah, that. like I just felt like that could that could definitely vibe. Um, so a friend of mine, um, R.D. Denton Rance, wrote this really weird, deeply weird, and kind of awful and absolutely wonderful um, western that starts off kind of normal for a western and then slides off into this really freaky sand magic. And I feel like uh, just for the excuse of having him and Clayton um, collaborate, those worlds have to be connected somehow. Because <laughs> Clayton, Clayton gets into a similar vibe of just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but 
Um, so him and Rance could probably come up with some amazing. So my answer is like, I want these people to collaborate rather than shared worlds, but we're we're counting it, right? Okay. I'll yeah. It. Uh, I'm going to go Malazan and Snow Crash. Malazan is just a, a server, an alternate reality, a virtual reality server uh, in the Snow Crash world. It's actually just a bunch of 14-year-old kids running around playing D&D. &D. Um, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good I like it. Man. Yeah. Our, our next one uh, goes back to podcasting. So recommend a podcast. doesn't have to be science fiction or book related. doesn't have to be any kind of related to what's going on in this podcast. Just recommend a podcast and why. Uh, well, I... Oh, sorry. Go for it. No, Crystal, go for it. <laughs> I, I would absolutely say um, SFF Addicts with uh, Adrian Gibson and MJ Kuhn. Um, they, they're they're doing amazing work and they do, like, they run these um, master classes with, with writers where writers just, like, dive really deep into something that they're good at and share some really fantastic advice. Um, and then, yeah, um, MJ and Adrian are obnoxiously charming so it's a good it's a good podcast uh i'd roll with a peter atia's podcast dr peter atia uh it's all about diet and exercise and he's insanely knowledgeable you don't do that constantly researching shit he's a full-on uh obsessive nerd uh he knows he's an obsessive nerd uh and but he also shares his own struggles with all of that as well i just find it incredibly interesting and you take none of the advice. Well, you have very little of it. I mean, <laughs> it's about learning. It's not about putting into action. Yeah, okay. just, yeah. <laughs> taking your shots. Oh my God, I'm gonna <laughs> just because you listen to a baseball podcast doesn't mean you have to go pitch. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan. So, is uh, yours a baseball podcast? Sorry. No. no. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm going to shout out um, a podcast called Musical Mondays. Um, so they release an episode every Monday. And what it is, is it's three people who just straight up improv a musical. So they literally just have oh, cool. a theme. And then they just have to like make up the songs and the plot and everything on the fly. And the episodes are like 20 minutes long. And it's one of the best things that I listen to during the week. Uh, for fantasy fans, they did do Brandon Sanderson, the musical. Uh, where they oh, did wow. they did improv uh, things about elves and like all their fantasy stuff just off the fly and it's hilarious all i'm thinking about is like the lines from hamilton is when like and hamilton wrote the extra the other 51 yeah. like <laughs> um no my podcast is how did this get made if you haven't heard about it it's paul Shear, june uh diane uh Raphael, and jason manzoukas and they watch a horrible movie and they just spend two hours talking about like, how did this actually get greenlit? And so there's like a lot <laughs> of a uh, lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme films and like oh, Birdemic and all these like very funny films to watch. And they bring on just hilarious comedians to talk about the films. And I, I love it. Their episode about the room is like an all-time classic podcast episode. 
I, I feel like this is, this game is super highlighting my hyperfixation issues, <laughs> where it's like all of my answers are going to be a DSFF. Like I don't exist in any other space. <laughs> That's a really you, you you talk like you write. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. All right. So for our third question, um, what's a fantastic book with an abysmal mm. title? So does anybody have an answer for this one? Oh man! If if people need to think, I have one. Okay, James, you okay, want to pop yeah, it? Do it? The Final Empire. It was so bad and so confusing. They renamed it because everybody thought okay. it was the last book of uh, Mistborn, and so they just renamed it Mistborn. Oh, I didn't. I did not it's know that. it's the Final Empire is the name of the book originally. Yeah. And it seemed like the last book of a trilogy, so they renamed it Mistborn because it confused the hell out of people. Oh, that's a deep cut. Yeah, I don't have anything like that. I, I, <laughs> I'm actually title? really bad. I, I'm really bad with titles because it's like, I'll remember the book and I may or may not actually remember the title of the book. And I'm the same way with music where like I could tell you all the lyrics of the song, but I don't actually know what the song is called. So I would like to pass my answer. I think the short story collection Mirror Shades, cyberpunk short stories from like uh, the 80s, terrible name, uh, pretty awful book cover, but amazing short story collection. Okay. The only, cool. the only one that comes to mind. Yeah, I was going with um, just all of the Realm of the Elderlings books, because if you told if you like shot me and like you were like gun to my head, like which book in that series is Fool's Quest, I could not tell you because all of them (laughs) are just the same four words in different orders for 16 books. And oh, no. Yeah, because it's like Fool's Quest, Fool's Errand, Assassin's Quest, like the Mad Ship. That's just a bad name. Yeah, and then like one of them is Ship of Magic, and then the other ones, yeah, like the Mad Ship, and then it's like Ship of something else. I want to say Ship of Dreams, but I think that's just from Titanic. And <laughs> <laughs> like Field of Dreams, and then I Dream of Dragons, and then I Dream of No, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> just like loose word association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so in this one, it's a multiple choice answer. So that should make it easy. You have to kill off one of these tropes. Either A, good guys can't kill the bad guys because that would make them bad guys. Or B, a made-up sport or a game in a fantasy world. C, unexpected royalty. Or D, merely a flesh wound. Wounds don't really actually have consequences for the characters. Hold on, we have to pick only one? Yes, you have to kill uh, no one, no one that you would be first. I think we need to each pick like one of each so that we effectively <laughs> all this reward because they're all <laughs> they're all really frustrating. Um, I, I like I have a really visceral reaction to made up game slash sport, if only because I was so traumatized by Final Fantasy X. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, if you don't know, I can't help you. Is <laughs> that the like underwater, like yeah, the spherical soccer thing? It was thing? some kind of yeah, yeah, and you actually had to get good at that game, and and it it actually impacted your gameplay, and I hated it with a deep um, and visceral passion that I still remember this fifteen years later. But uh, 
Michael, you have to pick a different one than I do, so we can like snipe through this. Uh, well, I'm gonna I, good guys that can't kill. I I kill for sure. I gotta kill that one. I mean, I I don't, yeah. don't think I've ever written a good guy. So it's not a trope I've had <laughs> yeah. to sort of deal with. It's like I only write books with bad guys and bad guys. But also on, as a reader, bad guys on I, the other side. Well, as a reader, I find it frustrating. Where it's like, why, why, why aren't you doing something? This person's gonna come back. <laughs> but maybe I'm too prepared for that one. Let him go. I'm heroic. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nathan. Um, even before we start talking, I would I went with D. Um. The fact that wounds oh, don't yeah. have actual consequences. Because I think I, I've railed against it on this podcast before about how I yeah. hate like people are dead, but they're not really dead. Or like you should have shot in the shoulder, but now I'm uh, climbing up this ladder and my shoulder's fine. Like, yeah, like I hate when books are just emotionally manipulative and they're just yeah. like you have things just to make you feel something, but then there's no actual consequences for that. Mm -hmm. And then I don't trust things. And I feel like... Because that's so common in especially fantasy literature, but also in all like science fiction and fantasy that I don't, as a reader, believe it's ever real now. And so now like characters can legitimately die or legitimately get hurt in books. And I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal. And then, you yeah, know, it doesn't land resonate in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to take a moment to just talk about your trust issues, Nathan. <laughs> we need to get into this. We, I mean, <laughs> I, I totally agree though, because it, it robs the story of, um, like you said, consequences and tension where it's like, mm -hmm. if you throw your character off a building and that scares you the first time and then they get up and walk away and you're like, oh, okay. So that didn't matter. Like, what am I supposed to, and what, then John, some, John Wick much? something, <laughs> well there there's genres for it i guess i i think it hits different in books because oftentimes then something will happen later that isn't nearly as bad as that thing that just happened and now it's a big issue it's like okay well this this is a revision problem you need to go back and track some of these injuries yeah. and now there's no more time for you james so by default you have to pick unexpected royalty I, I have to go with actually A. I, I can't stand <sighs> good guys that can't kill the bad guys. It It's annoying. Like, you yeah. just killed 30 people to get to this one person, and now you're going <laughs> to leave the one person alive, and that makes you good? It's because the I other people it. were faceless, so they didn't actually matter, right? Those people had children. Come on. <laughs> you're a monster already. Just Bob continue just being a monster. just wanted to go home to his kids. <laughs> He was a henchman from a service, you know. He just yeah, ordered him freelanced. Out. Yeah, freelanced. Found him on okay, Fiverr. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> this is a book now. Hang on, I'm getting an idea. Fletcher, we'll talk about it later. No, no. <laughs> we'll write that one to avoid writing the other one. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can do an anthology of half-written books that you share. Yeah, that's a good idea. And just Actually, like, I, could, I could already release that. I think I got about eight of them. And I got a title. Older. Only the beginnings. I was thinking unfinished tales. Oh, yes. no one's used that, right? Take him. I no. think that's taken no away. But those were actually finished, weren't they? Or do they just stop mid-word? Because mine do. Uh, yeah, mine do. <laughs> just like, nah, fuck it. I'm not writing this anymore. All right, so for our next question, and I don't actually have an answer for this one, so because I'm mostly throwing it to Crystal and Michael on this, 
which is that if you had to make a movie or a TV show about the dripping bucket, who would you cast as the owner, the bartender, and the dishwasher? I, I want Bob Odenkirk as the owner. Um, yeah. Better Call Saul uh, fame. He also did, what what was it called? Mr. Nobody or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fight scenes in that movie were so good because like they choreographed him getting tired into the fight scene. And so it's like you could see him losing steam. And it's like, oh, he's so good. Um, and he could he could play like kind of a shady double dealing can't quite trust him but then also sometimes helps people out kind of character really well that suits the dripping bucket i, I want clayton snyder as a dishwasher Grumpy, <laughs> angry doesn't want to talk to you might just fucking murder you if you know yeah, you you're like, right ask for something it's like, oh no, 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 don't talk to the dishwasher. Jesus. Fuck no. But but he respects Bob Odenkirk specifically, so it would actually work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think by default, James, you're gonna have to do the bartender, just just so we're inclusive here. Well, I, I had to answer for all three, but fine. Oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I went for uh uh Lashana Lynch um she's from the woman king uh she's been in a couple other things recently but i was thinking like somebody who can be kind of like harsh and brash and all that kind of stuff can also like kick some ass but you can also potentially see some tenderness um you know i i think she would be interesting yeah yeah i can see it you'd you'd need that because it's like you'd have to have some people who like going (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't think so no. well it's I think better bad is like sort of this bad business it's mostly empty and you go in <laughs> the food's awful and the floor is dirty and the the beer but mugs are all nowhere you know, else to go yeah you just you don't have a lot of options and if you it's... want somewhere where you'll get left alone and no one's gonna bug you including staff like you can't <laughs> get a beer it's the perfect Very place to like plot murder re- restaurant at the end of the universe vibes where it's like that's it this is your last stop does it have to have like a bouncer at the front asking you depressing questions and only if you are like self-effacing <laughs> in your answer you're like allowed in you don't have anywhere better to be are you sure yeah man this yeah. is it this is all i got yeah there, there needs to be somebody checking must be this nihilistic to enter yeah it's like do you have any no. weapons no you probably shouldn't come in then <laughs> <laughs> go get your sword and come back. And then come back. When then you're you ready go to play in. the big hits. Yeah. All right. We got our last dragon fire. What is a unpopular science fiction or fantasy movie, TV show, or book that you like despite people hating on it? Uh, um, oh man, this is this is where I fall apart because I don't know what people like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not pay attention yeah it's um, so much easier to go the other way like what did tons of people like but you think is utter yeah. trash fine that's, just that's, take over the podcast michael been, you know okay so here's <laughs> what we're doing i want to i'm going to revamp the question i'm uncomfortable <laughs> with that one because i don't have a good answer so crystal because you're such a fucking yep. sweetheart tell us about a book wow. that tons of people like that you think is a huge steaming oh. 
I'm gonna make it someone we know. I I didn't I didn't like Grothfuss's books, um, and I I feel like I'm, my card's gonna be revoked. Um, I I I'm gonna <laughs> his prose is very beautiful, and I I I have to give him that where he is very good at uh, showing instead of telling. Um. But I I found those books um, tedious and kind of pointless in a in a really weird and frustrating way. Where I was like, so uh, so when are we gonna have a plot, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and recently I I spoke to some or I was in a conversation witnessing somebody saying that they read it once a year, and and no shade, but man. There are so many really good books in the world. Why would you do that to yourself once a year? Um, and now my my science fiction and fantasy has been revoked. How about you, Fletcher? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I, what there's that one that one. Oh I, I actually I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it was like the best book about nothing happening. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with The Hobbit. I tried to read it to my daughter, <laughs> and we were both like, oh, "Fuck already." And they're like, this this dwarf had green socks and this one had a blue hat. And we're just like, we start skipping. And we're like, oh shit, it's only page 12. Like, yeah, so, eh, oh, on The Hobbit. Look on James's face, man. You've got us in trouble. They're never going to bring us back. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I would say Dune. <laughs> I hate Dune. What the I, it was. I'm not coming back even if you had to finish. Oh my god! It was. It, I, I'll watch the uh, the movie's beautiful. I'd watch that ten times in a row before I'd ever pick up another Dune book. It was so hard to read and finish. Come at me! I hate Dune. Yeah. I feel better about oh. my answer now. I feel like that's less. Uh, <laughs> yeah, less I mean, I just published a review of bookshops and bone dust where i called it cynical and corporate and so um, oh guess, man <laughs> you took you took shots at daddy Ball yeah, i'm That's sorry cold. like i mean like the rest of the review was not that negative but like that there was a pretty <laughs> hefty negative paragraph in there so that would probably be the answer for that one but if i had to give an answer to also to the original question the actual question um uh, i i We'll that question is dead. Michael, I, 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 I derailed that. We're, we're, yeah, no, I want to hear got, the answer. Leave him alone. Yeah, I've okay. got a real answer, which is um, I do think that the t this the TV show, The Vampire Diaries, is the best vampire themed piece of fiction ever made, and that we should like like Bram Stoker can go away because like the Vampire <laughs> Diaries exists, and really my love extends to any cw show that's like supernatural like not the show supernatural oh, but also what's the show, cw is that country and western what I'm, what what is cw country oh and like western? the network like the like the cw network like that the vampire diaries was on and they had the hundred and oh my Riverdale god and nancy oh, Drew. maybe it's a u.s it's a u.s only thing yeah but, yeah they um the they make all those are all terrible shows dramas, but i loved every single one of them you, I you had have to check to have which, a certain which vampire of, show. What was that? I, I had to check which vampire show Christopher Maloney was in because if it was Vampire Diaries, I was gonna I was gonna agree with you. No, <laughs> but it, it's not. It's True Blood. 
Yeah, I, I my roommate's favorite vampire show is True Blood, and I tell him that that one was not very good, but the Vampire Diaries is really I, good. <laughs> I, I know absolutely nothing about it except that Christopher Maloney as a vampire is a gift to um, <laughs> thirst culture. Well, that was an interesting round of Dragonfire. Thank you for playing along. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um no this is this has been a really really a treat to have you all on um once again like this opportunity to plug your things where can people find you where can people get your books um remind us again of the release date of our first episode of the dripping bucket all that good stuff yeah, so uh, the first episode of The Dripping Bucket is going to be um, February Thursday the 8th, so um, you should already be able to find it. Um, so you have no excuses now, you have to go listen to the first one. <laughs> um, and we're promising 20 minute, 20, 20 25 minute episodes, so good good for commuting. Um, and we're also promising a lot of chaos, so... Um, otherwise, I can be found just uh, mostly on Twitter, kind of being a shit disturber by assaulting people with love and attention and positivity. Um, Weaponized positivity. Is... Yeah, that that's what it was <laughs> at, at Crystal Matar. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok as well, but to a much less extent. My, I'm on, I, I am... Um, a little dumpster goblin uh, that that is my happy little trash fire <laughs> i like it there um that's about it i guess and then i have uh yeah two books you can buy them um legacy of the bright wash and legacy of brick and bone thank you and they're both awesome uh... and fletcher helped uh brick and bone not suck so if you didn't like brick and bone it could have been a lot worse um, oh, i thought you were gonna blame it on me so no, if you didn't no, no, no. like it it's fletcher's fault because it was amazing <laughs> fucked it up no if you if you didn't like it it could have been a lot worse so thank fletcher for reducing your suffering could you have <laughs> only talked to Frank one Herbert? and only time <laughs> I, I missed him by a couple of years yeah yeah uh yeah so michael r fletcher michael r fletcher.com twitter facebook the usual stuff i'm pretty easy to find i am around i has books uh, some of them are spiffle finalists some, some of them two of them, them are spiffle finalists yeah yeah two of them weren't ranking right. with uh, Cl uh clayton snyder yep the, the bartender written alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> the bartender no no dishwasher my bad yeah <laughs> Is, is, is that his moniker from now on? He's the dishwasher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this chaotic episode of the Dragonfire <laughs> Podcast. Uh, we are very happy to have hosted Crystal Matar and Michael R. Fletcher. Um, please uh, go ahead and take a look in the episode notes for links to their stuff and links to the dripping bucket um we're we're really excited to to listen to what goes on with this new podcast thank you very much and we'll continue to release an episode every other tuesday uh i hope you join in for the next one yeah thanks well, for having thank us you very much for having us yeah thank you everyone Two lovely guests, the hosts of the new Leaky Bucket podcast, 
Michael R. Fletcher. What? Dripping bucket. Oh, we will restart because in the notes it says leaky bucket, Nathan. Oh, that oh, was because no. I am blaming Nathan. The research, yeah. I am blaming Nathan on this. I thought it was the drip, the the dripping bucket. Uh yeah. I just fixed it, so there's no proof. <laughs> <laughs> James, you're just trying to make Nathan look bad. That's mean. That yeah. is my whole goal with the podcast. It's it is the true. only reason I it said yes true. to doing this. All he does yeah. is put me down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will.